Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Stay tuned. Because this is the SBNY Podcast, and like I said, my name is Peter Kennedy. I'm your host here. The Sports Blog New York Podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, as well as Google Play. And if you have liked what you've been hearing on this fine program, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this very podcast. Go on to iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts app, or Google Play. Leave some stars. Leave a rating. Tell us what you think. What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? Let us know because we love that you come in every week to listen to this podcast. And we would love nothing more than to hear some feedback. But enough of that for now because on the bill for today, we have some Yankee stuff to get to as this may be the biggest crossroads in their season. We also have some NFL storylines to touch because NFL season is legit around the corner now. And how about some fun NBA topics? You know, 2K is on its way out. NBA Live is trying to compete. We'll touch on that as well, but we're going to have a lot of fun. But first, a word from our presenting sponsor. Wooter Apparel is the number one shop for all custom uniforms and apparel. Go to Wooter.com or check them out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wooter Apparel. And that's W-O-O-T-E-R Apparel. Check them out for the best designs in any sport you can imagine. They don't just design for football. They do basketball, baseball, golf, backpacks, hoodies, hats, anything you can imagine at the best prices with a two to three week turnaround. And the best part is use discount code SBNY at your purchase. That's discount code SBNY at your purchase for a special discount. So shout out to Wooter Apparel as always, but without further ado, my name is Peter Kennedy. I'm your host. Hit me up on my Twitter, Pete Kennedy with two Y's on the end. But now time for my special guest who has been a little bit MIA on the podcast here, but he's back and he's ready to spit some fire on the Yankees and other things. But Alec Argento, what's up, brother? What's up? How you doing? How you doing today? Tired. Long over. Yeah? Yeah. Well, right now it's Sunday night. And when I showed up to your place today to record this podcast, you said you're feeling scary a little bit. Well, Sunday scares. So our listeners are on, on on Monday morning. Can you give them any bit of a reason to not feel the Monday morning scaries on Sunday night? Give them any no. inkling no. of optim, optimism? Not at all. You're, your week's going to suck, as I'm sure it does always. It's not going to get any better. <laughs> Mondays aren't great. Just accept it. It'll get better towards the end when it's not the week anymore. Then <laughs> you're on... Weekend. <laughs> you gotta make it over, man. You gotta get over that hump just so you see the other side. Hump day. That's right. All right. Did you have a good weekend at least? I did. I did have a good weekend. It must have started off pretty well. Friday night was a good night for Yankee fans, huh? It sure was. Uh, they won. That's in true. Dramatic fashion. Yeah. And then Araldis Chapman, who I've hated all year, continued to. There should be Sunday scaries. There should be Chapman scaries. That's that's my uh, that's my new thing. Is Chapman really giving you the scaries yeah, nowadays? Batances. I've hated the. I, I wish I, I don't like Batances. I don't like Chapman. I haven't liked them since they got on here. They're just the most erratic, wild pitchers who have no control over it. Well, Batances has a little bit more control because he has that that, that dope curveball that'll throw in there. You know, only if you and when I say you, I mean the Yankees. Only if the Yankees had like some other relief pitcher. Yeah, last pretty- year who happened to be really good. I mean. At, uh, you don't even need that. Uh, you can't even use that argument anymore because they got Tommy Canely, Adam Warren, Chad Green, uh, David Robertson. They just continue to use Chapman and Batanzas when they shouldn't use them. I, I honestly, I don't. I think Chapman on this team is not our closer. I think, and he serves. He he like spaces out. The, you can't have Batanzas and Chapman go back to back because they're the same pitcher, and when one's off, the other one's not going to come in and just be the same thing. Are you trying to tell me that Aralis Chapman should not be the closer to New York you Yankees? Have, you have like five closers on this in this bullpen. You, we're, we're in the fourth minute of the SBMI podcast today on a Monday morning. And you're team? trying to tell me and trying to tell our listeners that Aralis Chapman should not be the closer to the on, New York on Yankees? On this team, no. He shouldn't be this. What? He's not, he's, he's not our best pitcher in the bullpen. I mean, I hear what you're saying. You're just blowing my mind right now. I, I, think, that, I think that if you just take away his name and then look at his stats and then just watch film. If you, if you took away the number, like the person, you just block that out, put like a cop's face, you know. On a it. silhouette thing yeah. with a voice changer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name's Zeroz. Well, he, he's, he has a little bit of an accent. That wasn't really a good uh, He got a voice changer, man. You, got, you hear it? I don't, I, don't want, I don't feel comfortable with you doing that because it just it wasn't accurate. All right. <laughs> I thought the voice changer just made all bets off. No. Well, what are you, you going to do? But anyway, he's like, the, he's like the fourth best reliever on our team. Well, how does it make you feel, though, when 
there's the statistics that say that the Yankees' bullpen since whatever date, like early July or whatever, has been the best bullpen in the MLB. Well, that's because they got rid of Tyler Clifford. Like, you sick. get rid of Tyler Clifford, your bullpen, go, your, your ERA goes down like by six points. I was watching <laughs> the game. You believe he's the closer now for the White Sox? Yeah, it's hilarious. Bananas. I mean, they're trying to lose, right? I guess so. I don't know. You don't really try to lose in baseball. Right. There's no point to try to lose. But I think it's just so funny. I was watching the game with the Yankee fan on Friday night, and I mentioned, I was like, remember just like, a measly little month or so ago, when Tyler Clippard was blowing every single game he <laughs> appeared in. <laughs> well, that, come a long way from there. The whole thing with like the, the Yankees all year, except for like the first two months, it's always one facet of the team. Uh, like you know, defense uh, pitching, uh, defense start, starting pitching, relief pitching, or offense that's just not functioning. Now it's the offense. The, you know, before it was the bullpen. It was the starting pitching. It just. It's so frustrating because they, they, they're so close to winning all of these games that they lose. Not yesterday when they got destroyed, but, I mean, Severino is due for a bad start eventually, I guess. I have a question for you. Sure. Because when you brought up this thing about the offense struggling, which is just true, Friday night Aaron Hicks started that train for, for the big win on Friday. Um, do you have any superstitious viewing habits while watching TV on baseball? Baseball on TV, sorry. Baseball, no. Or just any sports in general. Do you have any, like, when you're home in your... Oh, fo- football. I, I was convinced last year that when I wore my Brandon Jacobs throwback jersey that they would... W- they, and they did win every game that I wore that. And whenever I would, like, was out and out at home and I didn't have the jersey, they would lose. So then when it got to the, to the playoffs and I wore it, I was like, we got this. I'll just ride this, this jersey all the way to the Super Bowl. And then I realized that... The world does not work that way, and I'm stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know what? You were walking through that. I was like, wow, I never took you for a guy who actually had some of those superstitions. It started as a joke. You worked through it. Real thing. <laughs> it became a real thing. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because, as we mentioned about this game on Friday, the Yankees were struggling. They could not even... It seemed like they couldn't even put the ball, you know, hard in play. And my friend, who's a Yankees fan, his mother was in the, in the room watching the game as well, and he literally kicked his mom out of the room. Said, Ma, this is, you're just bad luck. Like, you have to leave. And I don't believe in superstition. But she left, and Aaron Hicks hit a home run. All right, well, I believe... It was in, one of those. I believe in superstition. I don't know that... Like, my buddy from work, like, my, my, my like we always talk Yankees together. He's a yeah. Yankee fan. He's on his honeymoon for the past two weeks, and ever since he's there, they've won, like, two games. And I was texting him about it while he was out there. He, I was like... Texting a friend on a honeymoon? I don't he know. Texted that, he texted okay, me. Okay, he texted okay. me. So that might not be he, got long, he got a long time. Uh, but he, he I, I said there's a, and I genuinely meant that there's a direct correlation between you being there and them losing. When you come back, we will win again. Like I, I, I'm truly convinced of that. I mean, I don't have to wear a jersey or, any, or sit in a certain spot. But I know that him being there is affecting my team. That one person yeah. in, his, in his trip is affecting my team's success. I don't like that. That one fan out of a million of Yankee fans he, he is affecting you. He understands his, his place in the world, and he's coming back soon. So he'll be back tomorrow, and then we'll, the Yankees are going to win. And you're going to sweep the Mets? Yeah, no, we won't. No. No. It's, it's, I agree, no. They might actually lose three or four games just because, you know, the Yankees are one of those teams and they always have it. You don't really realize these things and like unless you watch them. You know, like they'll always get destroyed by a rookie pitcher or a pitcher who has an eight and a half ERA, that type of thing. The Yankees will lose pretty handily to the New York Metropolitans uh, at least three games. <laughs> so let's give a little insider to the listener here. As you may know, if you listen to us on Monday mornings all the time, we record this fine podcast on Sunday night, so we actually have the Yankee game versus the Red Sox on ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, in the background, so we don't know the outcome yet. So if you hear us talking more about Friday, Saturday, that's why. So maybe, by, by the way, maybe you've listened, maybe you haven't, but that's why. By the way, we have the Yankee game on mute, obviously, in the background, and the ESPN viewing experience is so much better when you don't actually have to listen to Aaron Boone and Jessica Mendoza. It's, it's it, like astronomically better. <laughs> I was in... Your house, watching the game with you for maybe three minutes before your first complaint <laughs> I about that. the ESPN but no, team. But nobody in the, like, anybody who watches Sunday Night Baseball will always say how horrible their broadcast is. It's horrible. Like, it's hard to do national coverage in general for baseball teams because, you know, like, you get used to your guys, they're homers, and, you know, they're... They, they they root for your team and they, they they know the players a lot more. They're not trying to reach. They spend the time with them. Yeah, and they're not also they're also talking about the perspective of a Yankee fan. If I'm listening to the Yankees broadcast, if you're listening to Gary Cohn and and Ron Darling and everybody, they're talking as Met you know for for Met fans or Met fan and Jace. Yeah. So I, when I'm watching a Yankee game on on national TV, I don't need to see an interview with. I remember when they had the Yadier Molina one, which was. 
he was speaking in Spanish and they had to dub it and it took up the entire screen for the for, for the entire inning that the Yankees were at bat. It was unreal. <laughs> they had split screen. Half the screen had needed subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> the other half you couldn't even see. No, but it was switching between uh, split screen and full screen. And, like whenever they what like a pitch wasn't happening, it was full screen. I was watching uh, an interview with Yadier Molina for for like twenty minutes on Sunday Night Baseball. It's, it's infuriating. Uh, that's, but you get that's that's ESPN trying to come up with new ways to keep uh, viewers engaged. No, and, but like you know, it, wait, you know what I do? Like, you're, that, nobody, it's, you're not going you're not going to reinvent the wheel on this I, one. I tend to agree, but you know what I do to deal with um, crappy Sunday Night ESPN baseball broadcasts? Do you dump over it yourself? I just don't watch them. I haven't watched one you haven't watched Sunday night baseball game other than the Yankees. Well, I mean, you haven't watched, like, if you're a fraud, you haven't watched, like, a Met game in, like, three months. That's uh, mostly accurate. Yeah, you're a fraud. Uh, I'm not a fraud. I'm, no, you're completely, fraud. I'm completely honest about saying it. You asked me, and I, I told the truth. That makes me well, you gotta, you gotta, No, you had to be called call out. If I told you, I was like, oh, you know, the Mets have been doing this and that, and then you're like, you haven't watched in three months, then you could call me a fraud. But how can I be a fraud? If I just openly admit that I haven't watched in like you got three months, out. two months. Because you got called out. I get called out about nothing. You're always like, Maybe this, actually, this, have that, how about this? Me, 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 me. You didn't even listen to the past two weeks because I've said on the past two episodes how I haven't been paying attention to the Mets at all. So okay. maybe you just got called out and I'm sitting here pretty on my throne because I just won. Whatever, man. Move on. Oh, now you want to move on. <laughs> no, I want to keep it here. No, we got other stuff. I remember Zara is the king, brother. How's he doing? I haven't really been paying attention. Uh, he had a home run in the ninth inning the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Was there any like national, any coverage on that? Because I didn't hear a thing about that. Probably not. Uh, Probably not. It's okay. a sad day. But, but wait. <laughs> Downey's going to come up yet? Yes. How's he doing? He got a hit. Nice. Yeah. Off to big things. Yeah, that's big right. Things. That's right. <laughs> I think. Probably. <laughs> um, but wait, before we move on from the baseball talk, because we got other things to talk about, including some NFL storylines. Um, we're going to play a little game with the NBA 2K ratings that come out. I actually tried the NBA Live demo today, so I'll maybe give a thought or two on that later on. But let's keep talking about baseball here. paid by NBA Live? Is that why we're doing this? Yeah. It's NBA Live sponsor. Use discount code SBNY. We don't give out when, free ads. When you buy NBA Live. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That game was free download, so I didn't get anything. Anyway, what you said about the Yankees facing uh, the Mets and then the Red Sox again in this really critical point of their season – it is funny because, from my perspective, you mentioned yours before as a Yankees fan, losing to like an inferior pitcher and this and that. Mets and Yankees seem to always battle pretty hard, and it almost goes opposite of who's the better team that year. Yeah. It feels like if the Yankees are clearly the better team, the Mets sneak away a couple of games, and completely vice versa. If the Mets are on top, the Yankees will come in and wipe their feet from underneath them. I was so excited for the, like in the beginning of the season when the Yankees were good unexpectedly, and I just assumed the Mets were going to be good. For the uh, for the Subway Series this year, and I I don't think that anybody gives a crap about it at all. Like at the all. only reason people give a crap about it is because the Yankees like need all the wins they can get at yeah. this point. They actually, if you look at their schedule, they like in all I think like half for the rest of the season, like after the the, the Red Sox series, I think they play like one team over five hundred. Wow, it's pretty. So that's pretty nice. But they'll lose those games though. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, I, like they, when they play Toronto, like Toronto sucks, and like they just like they they smacked us around. <laughs> That sounds like eerily familiar to when the Mets are actually good and they play the Marlins who are average or bad, or they play you know the Phillies when they're bad and they can't beat them. Yeah, it, it's just it's something about that division rival that makes it that much harder to get it out. Well, you have you have teams can play spoiler in, in baseball, whereas if you're in other sports, you lose your draft pick because of it. How, talking about the Marlins, how about Giancarlo Stanton? Guys, just getting, just getting home runs every day, the dude. The yeah. dude. Oh my god, and Bryce Harper. Gone forever. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe, we don't, we don't maybe, know maybe the division's there for, for the Mets. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the Mets have a chance, man. Ahmed Rosario's the king, brother. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Yankee, Yankees <laughs> saved $400 million by Bryce Harper's knee injury. Just think of it that way. So. Very possible. I got that text uh, almost instantly from, from Phil DeMeo, co-founder of Sports Blog New York, when that happened. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And then I got the update a minute later with Bryce Harper out indefinitely. Not a good good thing for him. You see him? You look like Not a good thing for the Nationals. Looks like he was moonwalking. <laughs> His <laughs> foot slid across that bag like that was it was a slip and slide. It yeah. was weird looking. If very weird. if it wasn't so horrific, it would be on a blooper reel. You know, like when you go, which by the way, <laughs> on a completely like tangent, when you when you go to like when you go to a baseball game and like the fifth inning they'll just put on the blooper reel. 
they got hurt in those plays and they just put mute, like funny music over it and then it just becomes a blooper like this guy got hit with a comeback or they go whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> then it's funny not top 10 culture <laughs> fail army culture right there that stuff's crazy it's like when you go on Instagram and you see a rope swing you're just like oh no <laughs> this ain't gonna go well but if it comes from a funny account you're allowed to laugh <laughs> oh yeah right as long as like you know Barstool posts it someone can break their ribs and break a leg <laughs> But it's hilarious, right? Yeah. Like, is that how that works? Yeah, that's exactly so, what it is. Every once in a while, I mean, you know how I felt. That whole golf cart thing actually annoyed me. Like, that was way too far after, like... Yeah, I thought it was really funny. After, like, number three, I'm like, oh, this is getting way too I'm ridiculous. The, I'm the audience for that. Way too <laughs> But the rope swing things, you're just like, oh, like, why did you think you could hold on to that rope, man? Or female, even sometimes Whoa, worse. Oh, that was a close hey, one. Hey, I'm being equal. There you go. What? I was I was nervous you weren't going to be inclusive. I'm being inclusive here. <laughs> you look at someone go on that rope and they don't hold on to the rope for one second. They jump <laughs> and fall with complete gravity taking over. Like there's no you know what it back is. Force They're not working that. out their triceps. That's Apparently the not. That's the issue. It's all about it's, it's all, all about, about the frame. The it's all about the frame. Get a wide frame, yeah. All right. Speaking of wide frame. I want to. Talk I, I got to see the segue. Yeah, I got to see the segue go through here. I want. Speaking of wide frame. This guy's one probably not that wide, but I want to talk about Aaron Hicks. So we wide frame. We like a buck fifty something away. Hey, don't knock the segue, man. Did we get there or not? I don't think we did. I think there's a derailment on that segue. You ever heard of Aaron Hicks? Yeah, no, I'm I'm well aware of who he is. Well, just the other night he made a play on Friday. Made one Sunday night as well. Seamless, right? A seamless segue. Still, that play was ridiculous. <laughs> but I want to talk about him in general. For, because former Yankee great Eduardo Nunez. It's oh gosh, Justin Turner, Daniel Murphy, former <laughs> X Met Graves. Don't get me started on that. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, you want to do this? Yon Harris Solarte, uh, Eduardo Nunez. Uh, okay, I'm done. All right, yeah, right. <laughs> end up coming back. Go on, go on. I want to talk about Aaron Hicks because Aaron Hicks is a guy who I remember so vividly last year, listening to the Michael K show and having callers calling him freaking out about why Aaron Hicks is in the lineup and poor old A-Rod can't get a couple at-bats just a handful of home runs away. Don't talk, like, don't, don't, don't talk bad about A-Rod. I'm not talking bad. You better not. I'm not talking bad. I'm just saying. Whose mans is this? People like, were calling in. People, I love A-Rod. Yeah. People were calling in like, give the guy some at-bats, which I kind of agreed with at the time. And I was like, this Aaron Hicks guy is trash. He's not going to help this team grow. Who like he can't hit? Well, his he's defense supposed to be a five-two player. All right. Your Wait. segue was about his defense, and his defense is always good. This is a bad segue. I didn't say my segue was about his defense. It was about his frame. You guys, you're putting words in my mouth here. Go. My point is, <laughs> just one year ago, you Yankee fans, not you specifically, but you Yankee fans. No, I was. I hated him too. Fair. We're like, who is this guy? He sucks. Get him off the line field. Get him out of the lineup. And now he is one of the biggest glue guys on the team and, in my opinion, is low-key the biggest X-factor in a way. Well, him and Starling Castro. He, he, he holds together the outfield. He's a spark plug. He's he's a, and he, he does power. He's a fantastic defender. That throw he made to throw the guy out of third possibly won them the game. I've been saying this all year. That game on Friday. I've it was fantastic. This, I've been saying this all year that the Yankees should um, use uh, Aaron Hicks and Wright and and Aaron Judge at DH. I think that would be so much better for him, for for the team and for the chemistry. Like Aaron Judge is a good defender. Aaron Hicks is a fantastic defender. He's so much faster. He's got a better arm, which is crazy because you look at Aaron Judge, you just expect him to have a better arm, and he's got a great arm. Aaron Hicks can gun you down yeah. with accuracy. And well, the arm has so much to do with elasticity as well. Yeah, it's not all about strength. No, but he, he also knows how to play the ball too. So, like you know, Aaron Judge doesn't really run into the play. Like you know, Aaron Hicks is fast enough where he can run past it to run in, and then to get the running the, the running start for his throws. Absolutely, he's a center fielder. You know, it's you don't center fielders are hard to come by. You, you know, they're they're arguably the most the difficult position to play. I absolutely agree, and I just think that Clint Frazier thing seems really unfortunate when it happened, and then you realize that Aaron Hicks is coming back. And you're like, wow, that's a blessing in disguise. That makes Joe Girardi's job a lot easier, you know, because you can see him trying to use five outfielders, right? You can see him trying to get Ellsbury, Frazier, Hicks, Gardner, Judge all at bats, and that is just really hard to balance and really hard to get guys going. These things always sort themselves out. And right, they Clint Frazier goes down sort, yeah. right when Aaron Hicks comes back. Ironically, whatever you want to call it, I don't know. 
But no, that's an oblique back. injury. I know what you're doing. You're being PD2 woke right now. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that? PD2 woke. Uh, Hit it on Twitter, PD2 woke. <laughs> but Clint Frazier has an oblique injury. No, I'm not but, saying yeah. they're faking oh, it. I'm just saying it's oh, like... Well, the Matt Holiday injury is fake, so... <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> that's fake. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Remember when he had mono and he was out for a month? <laughs> no. I yeah, know he was actually. out for a month. He had mono, like, last month. <laughs> Poor guy. Probably can't even kiss his wife. He's 30 years old. And you're laughing, you're laughing at him. That's a weird thing you have to go bring home to your wife because it's like... It's not anything really serious that you'd have to worry about your marriage. It's also really weird that you got mono, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like some locker room talk I don't want to get into right now. I don't know. Start some rumors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we move on to some football topics, uh, I want to get your gut feeling, your predictions on these next this next week for the Yankees. So the next Mets series and the next Red Sox series. How you feeling? Realistically, the Yankees are probably split with the Mets. So do you think they're going to end the series, uh, these two series on top, like right over the hump, or they're going to be on the losing side? Uh, well, Red Sox is going to be away. Yankees play well in Fenway. I'm going to say I'm going to say that they're so it's it's was it seven. Games? I'm just saying over under over under five hundred seven like, games you know, or or push. Well, if it's seven games, then I'd say under. If it's eight, uh, then I would say push. All right, so three, four, four, and four type yeah, thing. Something like All that. right, so you think they're going to kind of just ride the yeah, steady if, road if right you, now? If you can go one game under five hundred on the road, you went five hundred against rivals. Yeah, you won five hundred. Yeah, that's how I always think about okay, it. Okay, so you're go- you're staying with a nice even keeled look at this. I like that. So we'll see how it goes for the Yankees in the next uh, week or so. It's it's a big time if they can steal a couple and get that offense kicking back to where it was in the first half. That'll be huge. How about Sunday? You feeling real good. How about Sonny Gray? He he comes from Oakland, who is the worst team defensively and has like the most unearned runs in the in the league. And it comes to the Yankees, who are a really solid defensive team, and they've given up all of his runs a bit unearned. Like, <laughs> wait, are you talking about my man Pickles? That's another weird thing. Oh, you want to talk about that? No, we'll talk about that later. Okay, we'll talk about I that want later. to talk about that. <laughs> okay, that's a good tease. Maybe if people don't know who Pickles oh. is, if you don't know who Pickles is, you're gonna find out. <laughs> but first, <laughs> but first this is the Sports Black New York Podcast. My name is Pete Kennedy. Hit me up on Twitter at Pete Kennedy with two Y's on the end or on our Sports Blog Twitter, which is at Sport Blog NYC. Hit up Alec on Twitter if you want, and his Twitter is. Well, we don't, we don't reveal that. Yeah, we, you don't want to know. Maybe, maybe you do want to know, actually. Uh-huh. Up to you. Uh-huh. We'll see. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, you told me before we started recording the SBNY podcast presented by Wooder Apparel. You had a hot take. I did. You told me you had a hot take about Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys, but not about them specifically, really tying the Giants into the equation. So, real quick, Ezekiel Elliott, six-game suspension so far, says he's going to appeal and his team feels confident they have good evidence, doesn't specifically mean anything, but that's the groundwork. Now, Alec, I'll give you the floor for your hot take about Zeke, the Cowboys, and how the Giants get tied in. All right, so... It's tough because I don't. I want to make sure that I, I present it in one way. Take your time. Yeah. Well, if if Ezekiel Elliott did what he is being accused of, which it seems like the government said that he did not, but you're a horrible person and you deserve more than six games. You just you deserve a lot worse in life. That's a horrible thing you do. That being said, the fact that he got six games, which is a, a harsh punishment and hefty. Pretty good, like pretty good punishment. If that's what you think, if your investigation found that to be true, but I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about all the things that happened to the Giants that last year that did not get any ramifications whatsoever. The Robbie Gold thing, not Robbie Gold, uh, Josh, uh, Brown. Josh Brown, one game for the exact same situation that there was he was not found guilty in anything, but they. they that was one game, and he was a kicker, so it wasn't important. He was on the Giants, and then I was talking. I was thinking about um, the the walkie-talkie gate. Remember that when when he accidentally had the walkie-talkie, that happens to the Patriots. Tom Brady's got gets suspended for four. That's years. a national headline for six months. Right. You you sneeze at the idea that that Tom Brady is selling uh, apparel, autographed uh, counterfeit apparel, like they, like they said Eli Manning was. Another four games. The Giants. Get away with whatever they want in this league, and it's pretty crazy. I never realized it, and I don't want to say I'm hating it. I'm not hating it because, realistically, if you're a crappy person, you're you know you should face the punishment. But the Giants really just get away with whatever they want in this league. 
So are you telling me that you think Ezekiel Elliott got a harsher punishment? No, I think Ezekiel because he's done the Cowboys. Other, I don't like that phrasing. I think that if Ezekiel Elliott was on the Giants, he would get a he would get a less. I don't think it's more so about the Cowboys. Okay, okay, okay. So you're not saying that Zeke got six uh, impacted a lot because he's on the Cowboys. You're saying. In a world where Zeke is a giant, yes. in this very tight knit organization where they keep things low key, he may have got away with like two or three. And football, the football ownership, there's teams like the you know ownership groups like like the Maras and and, and I forget the Steelers uh, ownership group, yeah. uh, the families, and they've been around for so long. They're buddy buddy, you know, with with, with Goodell. They can, you know, let's let's look past this, turn a blind eye on this, and it's pretty- we're handling it internally. Yeah, exactly. That's what's one of those, oh, it, it, Josh Brown, we're handling it in turn. And don't get me wrong, like uh, you know, I don't think that I don't think that the walkie-talkie thing deserved anything. I think it was a ridiculous thing. It was clearly an accident or whatever. But I also think Deflake was 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 BS. Uh, like it was, and that was a national thing. And then he got, you know, one, probably arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Most four games over nonsense. I need a. I need to get a drop for this podcast every time I hear something like deflakely, just deflakely. Yeah, deflate <laughs> gate. Every time I hear it, I just want to play it like a fake throw up noise. Like, oh, like, I'm that, sorry if I did that. I thinking, that. thinking back to that time of life where every day of the week you turned on the TV, turned on the radio, or opened up an internet browser, and you saw something about Tom Brady deflakely, a freaking what, cell phone. You- you love deflate lately. <laughs> You're saying deflate lately. I, I noticed. <laughs> but every day you open that up, I was going crazy. I was going mad seeing that every day. It was so ridiculous. I, I hear what you're saying. I do hear what you're saying. Uh, a, a, an organization like the Giants do a good job of keeping things kind of low-key. Uh, you're not really seeing what's going on here. Don't worry about it. Nothing. Nothing's going on. Right? Like That's kind of what the Giants do. Cowboys are very loud. They're kind of flamboyant. They're America's team. But that being said... I had somebody tell me the other day that this is their own personal opinion, not something they heard. They just said it to me. Go, Ezekiel Elliott's getting more games because he's on the Cowboys. Like the NFL picks up the Cowboys. I think he got away with a lot, and then this was the reactionary thing. And I hate hearing that because think about the NFL, right? They're a business. They make money. They're loaded. They have best ratings. This and that. What are the Cowboys to that? The Cowboys are one of their biggest money makers, if not the biggest money maker. The Cowboys get the biggest ratings when they're decent. Why would the NFL want to take away their biggest superstar? It doesn't make any sense. When people try to come out with this conspiracy theory crap that the NFL is against the Cowboys and they're trying to get Zeke out because they hate the Cowboys, it blows my mind. Like, Don't you think, don't you realize that the NFL wants the Cowboys to be good? They don't specifically need them to win, but they want them to be in it. Because the Cowboys are a storyline no matter what. On national on a national scale, they are the biggest team. They're the biggest team in the league right next to the Patriots. And the fact that people could think the NFL wants them, like has something out against them is crazy to me. I, Jerry Jones basically runs the NFL. I just think that the NFL's issue is always a PR issue. Yeah. Because for, That's exactly because, right. Because Roger Goodell, if it was up to him, if he didn't have anyone yelling at him... He would Nobody would get a suspension. This. Nobody would get a suspension. That is so true. Nobody would get a suspension. But he, you know, and and rightfully so, people are barking at him because he doesn't when he when he does things, it's either too much or too little. That's always the thing because he's judged during an executioner for the NFL, and he's only doing it not for because he thinks it's right, because he's just trying to appease the masses that he doesn't want to get keep getting his hate mail. He doesn't want to get, you know, feminists on uh, riled up because of a domestic violence violence issue. He doesn't want to get. Um, Bostonians riled up over Deflategate or something like that. It's, it's always something. So he's just doing, he's just throwing something at the wall and hoping that it's good. And it's never good because he's not. It doesn't seem like they ever put the time, effort. Or, it's so, uh, it's so into true. It. It's so, it's such a hoax to me that they pretend to care about some of these issues because they're it 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 is almost solely dependent on how talented certain players are. If there's a player who is talented, he's a superstar. He's a Pro Bowler every year. He's a moneymaker. He has, um, you know, sponsors, and he's on commercials. He can get away with more than you know one of the last guys in the roster is can, and that makes sense, right? In your head, well, one guy is more important, so he'll get away with but more. But think about that. But it's messed up because the NFL doesn't really care about these issues, in my opinion. They pretend to. They put up this glass facade, and it's I see right through it. But think, but look at it like like it's a corporate office, right? Yeah. 
say everyone is in, in an earning uh, position, so everyone in there is the, is judged by how much money they make. If you if the person who brings in the most money and the person who brings in the least amount of money both do something messed up. Who are they going to fire first? Or who's going to face the punishment? And who's going to have a lot more leeway because they rely on that person? Right. That's kind of what happens on the NFL. But eventually, you can't really do that because you're on such a grand stage and then everyone's going to start talking. So the Cowboys got away with a lot yeah. for a long time. Like, and <laughs> In my head, there's a really strong chance that what Greg Hardy did is ten so times much worse, worse than what Ezekiel Elliott did. And he was back on the Cowboys playing. And, and we he just got six games. And there was so much quote-unquote evidence about Des Bryant, what he did, I believe it was a domestic violence case, nah, too. I'm not familiar. But, but then they said they had all this video and everything, and then it never amounted to anything. Yeah. So it's, these it's are all the things, hoax, basically. Look at the Ray Rice thing. He had, uh, uh, Roger Goodell had all that evidence, and then they just, it just got leaked out by TMZ, if I'm not mistaken. They had that for months. It, it, they, they control as much as they can to not... For us to not hear about this kind of thing, because they don't want the headaches, because these people print money for them. Right, and everyone says so much, and this was like one of the last things I want to say about this, because I feel like us even talking about it is you know putting fire to the problem. Sure. But well, I'll I'll say this last. It just seems that the NFL is a league that everyone says cares about their image so much, but they never get ahead of their image. Oh, what, what do you mean if you just put pink on your uh, on, on your cleats and you're you're a pro women because your breast cancer? Right, it's so ridiculous. Like they never get ahead of their their thing. Like, at least when you look at the NBA and the MLB, like they try to get ahead of issues. Like when proactive react. Right, when Adam Silver just said uh, we're not having the also game in Charlotte because you guys have rules that we as an organization don't agree with. Yeah, whatever you whatever you feel yes or no about that doesn't matter. Adam Silver in the NBA made a decision and said we disagree with what Charlotte did about this rule. You can't have an all star game. The NFL. Like has never made a move like that, and they need to start being a little more proactive and a little less reactive because their reactions don't really solve the problems a lot of the times, and uh, they they have an uphill battle. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna sit down on Sunday. I'm gonna turn on the Giants. I'm gonna turn on Scott Hansen in red zone. I'm gonna be a damn happy camper watching football for eight hours. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. I'm with you. Right? I'm with you. Speaking of that, we can't wait for red zone Sunday, man. Uh, I'm out on red zone. I, what? I, I'm out on fantasy football. I'm just I, I, yeah. I made the decision. What? Last year, to just watch the Giants, and it was fantastic. I, I didn't have to worry about when the Giants are playing the Cowboys, and I have Tony Romo on my team, and then I have the you know the ultimate fantasy situation. Where like, well, as Tony Romo could put up six touchdowns as long as the Giants put up seven, but I have the defense. So I don't. It, it's so much. I don't have to root against my team, and I can just focus on the Giants winning the NFC East. I hope you know that me and the rest of the Sports Block yeah, New York yeah, yeah. podcast viewers are all listening to you like a crazy person. I suggest it because I, I had a keeper league that I was in for like $1,000 a year that I did for like 10 years. And well, that's because you're doing a league that's $1,000 a, no, a year. No, I loved it. It was like my favorite thing in the Apparently world. Apparently you didn't. I did. I, but it, why'd it, you quit? I didn't quit. The, the league, everyone got older. had kids and everything like that. They couldn't, they couldn't pay the, the, the money to do it anymore. And it just kind of fizzled out. And so you say you've been doing this for how long? I was doing it for, since I was uh, 13. It wasn't, wow. it wasn't always the 1,000, then it went up. It went I was going to say, you've been spotting a G since no. you were 13? I won once. <laughs> won once was a lot of money. Wow. Won a lot of money. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Damn. I'll, I'll say this on a personal note. I did, I'm doing my first keeper league right now. I'm keeping Odell and Devonta Freeman. Oh, wow. Hot take. Right? How about that? <laughs> I feel like something has to go wrong with that. You know what I mean? Top three receiver, top three running back. Like, There's no way they're going to be that good. Whatever. No, no need to talk about me. But there may be a need to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. That so guy. I haven't gotten your take on this yet, uh, just like in general. It's not even like a specific thing, but he himself is kind of like this larger-than-sport, larger-than-position type figure at this point. Like, in my opinion, Odell Beckham has become more than just a wide receiver on a, on a team, or like a really good wide receiver, if that makes sense to you, to, to you. Do you think this is a year where he matures and takes steps forward as a, as a like person? Or do you think there's a year where more of this immaturity comes out when things actually start to hit the fan? More is going to get worse. Really? Yeah. You feel that? You think he's going to have yeah, yeah. a negative year? Not negative, like, no, production-wise. Like overall image, you think it's going to take a hit this year? You don't uh, think he's going to be you, much I'll more mature? I'll, I'll tell you why. They didn't address the issue that got him frustrated, got everyone frustrated with that team last year, which is the offensive line, which allows you like to get him the ball in better situations to put up more flashy plays, yada, yada, yada. And then they got Brandon Marshall, 
who I know everyone's a lot of people are disagreeing with me on this one. Brandon Marshall is a cancer to a team. I I, I was I sold myself a little bit in the beginning as as any fan will do with as somebody comes to a team. He's a cancer. He's a clubhouse cancer, and he's what thirty four years old, something like that. He is already getting crap from everyone for from the media. He makes Odell worse in front of the cameras, and then he they're both going to point the finger at each other when things. You're going to have games where they don't win. Like they, they I think they're going to win the division. They're still going to lose a couple games, and when they lose. You gotta hope it doesn't get go down a real quick spiral because I think that could happen. You think the highs are gonna be high, the lows are gonna be low? Yeah, I, well, that's I think, kinda I think that's kind of what I'm hearing. From I you think right. I think there's a potential for the lows to be extended, which in football you can't have. You have a three game losing streak, you're in a bad spot. Interesting. I, I did not expect that that take from you there. I, I've always felt that. I mean, listen, I I, I I love what Odell does for me on the field, but I I don't like him. Like I don't I. Don't like that type of player on my team. He's not a giant, you know what I mean? Like you know, when you think of a, of a player like you know a, a giant, great, they're not they're not flashy people. What he seems like to me is that guy who the Giants need to give the rest of the team an edge. I don't, I just don't think that's Giants football. I, I I'm not complaining. He's I still think play, like, still play, don't, I'm not complaining. I, I want no, to. No, I, I I hear you. But think let's think about the the past two teams, the two teams of our Giants fanhood that we can remember most for you know winning Super Bowls, right? I feel like they always had a guy, Michael Strahan, sticks out to me as the first time, as who was like pushed back, he was a little edgy, and gave an extra bit of swag to the team that they didn't have prior. You're right, but there's a difference between edge and flash. Strahan was not flash. Odell's all flash. Strahan was gruff, physical, yeah, exactly. abuse you that's, that's in the trenches. That's a giant. But it was quiet. Crush outside quarterbacks. Of, outside of that, was quiet. Wouldn't but, say he was quiet. Well, he wouldn't say the wrong thing. He wouldn't. He, he won't. True. He played the game much better than Odell does at times. He's like he's what I want on my teams. He's what I want. What the Knicks never have, but the Gi- Giants and the Yankees always have. They have those types of players. The currently Aaron Judge. Derek Jeter, uh, Eli Manning is that type of player. I mean, if you can, if you can go yeah, your entire what, career. What is what edge does Eli give to his teammates? What does he? Why leadership wins championships? You don't. We, you know how they always say like when somebody runs their mouth a lot it's because they have low self confidence. It's that type of thing. Yeah, but I think there's a balance between those two things where you get a guy like, you know, when Aaron Rodgers is really kicking right when he's when he's feeling it and he's inspiring the the Packers. He has that like. I, to use a to use a term for a noise like the rah rah right where he gets pumped up or he'll get in someone's face or he throws a touchdown pass and basically lays out Randall Cobb because he's so pumped up after like the Giants need that energy boost and I felt like they only had that on defense at times last year and I think Odell needs to be that person to now mature and then spread his spread his energy and spread but his edge to the rest of the a offense. Wide receiver doesn't really carry on to the rest of the team. I don't think. It's it's not like you know like if you're on defense defense is a unit wide receivers are a player like they're they, you know they don't really I mean they affect everything else that's going on but they're not like uh, a running back who can block and who can catch passes like that's a spark plug that can really keep like it wide receiver plays for himself he's not helping anyone else out you know what I mean the wide receiver I'll I'll I agree with that I'll say this I'll add this to it. The wide receiver is more dependent on other people than most other positions. He can't do his own job. Like, yeah. he, he, you know what I mean? He needs O-linemen to block, and he needs quarterbacks to make the right throws. Right. And, and he re- needs... And reads. Yeah, exactly. And he's, it's, 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 a, it's a really true point, and it's really... It comes down to when, you know, you're building a team nowadays. Wide receivers should be the last thing you really go to. And I think that's, that's part of the fantasy confusion, where exactly. fantasy kind of flips what NFL Which football is, what is really I'm about. When you watch games not about fantasy and, you know, you put aside the fact that Eddie Royal has eight catches and you're in a PPR and you're like, yeah. oh, well, Eddie Royal's having a sick game. Realistically, he didn't impact anything. No, at all. He just had a bunch of catches. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more, but that's when I come back to Odell being larger than a wide receiver. I think he can't can, block. He can imp- I don't mean on the field. I mean impact from how hard he works and how much he can, like, inspire other players in that locker room. See, I don't know that that type of player, I, I don't... I'm have you saying, heard other players talk about him? No, have no, you heard, no, but you won't Justin hear... Justin Pugh, have you, you heard... You won't hear anything negative on a team like But it's not, that they're, 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 it's not that they're not saying negative. It's that they're saying extremely strong, positive yeah, but, words. Yeah, but that's that's the Giants. That's the Giants have really good internal PR people that tell them what to say. They, they've always been like that. So you think Justin Pugh is going on a podcast where he's doing long form, that he's on a podcast for 45 minutes talking with Phil 
Bill, uh, Chris Sims and whoever left show. Justin, that is, yeah, the, you these, think these people are told how he's to preparing themselves. all of that, and he's not being sincere or genuine about how no, Odell Beckham is. It's not, it's not that. I think I think they know how to say what they want to say without getting them in trouble. If you ever. The, the Giants don't talk bad internally about their teammates. They never have. I can't name one instance where they did that. I can't either. They Every time every time someone messes up... I feel like Tiki Barber probably did. Well, yeah, okay, that's fair. Tiki Barber did it all Which the time. Which is why he you know, retired like, before yeah. he won a Super Bowl. Quote, unquote, retired. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That's exactly it. You don't, they, don't, they don't talk poorly about their, uh, about their teammates. They just never do that. And... Um, I, I forgot what I was going to say. No, I, I hear you. I just... Um, yeah, anyway, Odell, he's just, he's hes not someone who, I think he doesn't really galvanize the team. I think people think of him as that guy. I, I would see that in a lot. I don't know, obviously, but I could see him being that guy. The reasoning behind why I'm hoping for something like this to, to come into place is because I look at the Giants' defense, and I see a few guys in specific, Landon Collins and yes. Damon Snacks Harrison, who... Whether they're vocal or not, I think they both kind of switch back and forth. Sometimes Snacks is vocal, sometimes he's not. But he's there. He's like an aggressive leader because he's doing what he needs to do and making sure his, his guys are doing what they need to do. And on offense, I don't see that, and I think Odell can be that guy. I think he can because he has that type of impact from a personal level within, within that locker room. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, I, I, that's what I'm hoping ideally, for. that's what – I mean – on paper, that's what, I Brandon, think it's that's what Brandon Marshall was brought in to be. Right. So clearly there's a need there. I, but that means that there's a need there. Like, don't you think that there's a possibility where Odell can rub off on Brandon Marshall? Yeah, and I think they're... I think they're uh, and you, do you think that's horrible? Too horrible people to be around, <laughs> yeah. You don't want those people to be around them. Like, they're people that make things worse. You could have a Shaq and Kobe type situation there. I'll take a Shaq and Kobe type situation. Well, the, the Shaq and Kobe thing was that Kobe was a relentless worker and Shaq was not. Yeah, so, but, but, and that might make sense because apparently Odell's a relentless and, worker. And Brandon Marshall's not. And Brandon Marshall not. likes to do media. Per, uh, media Brandon stuff. Marshall's <laughs> there to get a couple more uh, years of money before he goes and tries out this uh, the, the media thing. And, you know, maybe uh, get a playoff appearance for once. You know what I mean? But before we move off of football, because I think that's good talk, I think it's important to kind of see or uh, theorize, I should say, how the Giants may break down from an offensive and defensive perspective because that defense, we feel confident. There's a lot of things to be good, feel good about. The offense, though it seems better than last year, there's still plenty of question marks. It's, and the, same, it's, important. it's the same offense. I, I, I refuse to believe that this offense improved. Well, there's some things that you can say should be better. But, like I said, there's no improvement yet. Things should be better, but we haven't seen the improvement yet. One last thing before we make some NFC East predictions and chatter. I love it. Can't wait. Do you like Ben McAdoo's new hair? I love anything he does. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, like he's he's like my favorite type of person in the world. I'm obsessed with him. Like, how could you not like? And what did he, he put? Like the first thing out of training camp this year, he was teaching them about Cecil the Lion. Yes, uh, I heard about that. <laughs> which, by the way, uh, a little uh, reminded me of the leftovers episode, which you know makes me sad that that's over. You know, I haven't finished yet. You haven't finished. <laughs> oh, I, I got like caught up by like three episodes left in the, in the last season, which is a horrible place to stop. But the episode I watched is like really got to me, yeah, and I just like shut it off, and I was like, I can't even watch one for like a week or two, yeah. and I haven't gone back yet, but I will, and it'll be fantastic. It doesn't get easier. But Ben McAdoo's hair, it, 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 Benny with the good hair became Benny with the better hair. You know how, and you're wearing your Benny with the good hair shirt. I am. Which makes that even more valid. True. How I just said, hope that Odell can be that guy who inspires the team. Maybe Benny, with his now second, or well, his one year of experience as a head coach, and his new haircut... And his new vibe around the Giants' facilities can be one of those "let's go, guys, we got this." I don't think he has it in him. I don't think he's that type of person. I love Ben McAdoo. I, I think he has that low key swag though to him. I don't think he's. Res- I think he, I, well, he just he doesn't seem like like Tom Coughlin's a guy who just is intimidating, right? Yeah, he, he's a guy you he, like, and and I've heard he's like players know that he's the nicest guy in the world. But the, you know, it's the, they respect and love him at the same time. Like you know, they won't they won't cross him, and he'll treat them well because right. of that. Ben McAdoo just seems like the goofy dad or goofy uncle that's there, and they love him for like I don't I I think the team loves him I really do, but I don't think that they like they're scared of him. They don't fear. Yeah, him. but I don't think the fear is necessary. I think it's the respect that he earned, toppled with his like. 
pretty even keeled personality. So when he does turn it up to the next notch, they respond. I just want kind of like Peyton and Eli, if you think about it. Yeah, Peyton and Eli earn respect. Peyton and Eli are pretty like calm dudes, even keeled, low key, joke around. But then when it comes down to it, okay, they're the most serious ones in the room. That's a really good example. And when you see the guy who loves to joke and loves to have fun, but he works his ass off, and then that same guy turns it from step one to step two, turns it up a notch, you you turn and go, whoa, all right. We're doing this. And I think Ben can be that guy. All right, you sold me. Let's go. You sold me. Benny with the better hair. <laughs> Let's go. All right, that leads us to some way too soon NFC East predictions. Because we have a couple more weeks of preseason, so we'll actually do a preview show one of these days when we're closer to the season. But for fun, let's talk about the NFC East. Who do you think is going to win? Giants. Oh, yeah? And it's the first year I've ever said that in my life. That doesn't make me feel comfortable. I don't like that at all, actually. I'm just I'm a, I'm a person that's always that's ever confident in my team, and I don't even think it's because of the Giants. The Giants had the third best record in football last year. People don't really talk about that. Um, yeah. And uh, that, but that division, I've been saying it all year, uh, all last year. The Cowboys are a fraud team. Now they will be. Dak will officially be exposed for being a fraud quarterback. Wow. Can't, can't throw past 15 yards. Wow. Never did last year. Um, and Eagles, I'm a little worried about. Uh, to be honest with you, but I have confidence in the fact that that wide receiver core will be hurt the entire year, as they always are, between Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, and now they got rid of Jordan Matthews. But that the the Eagles match up really well against the Giants, and that's got to worry you because they have really good pass rushers, whereas we have horrible left and right tackles. So there's a very good chance that Carson Wentz can be the best quarterback in the division this year. I think that's inaccurate. You think that's that's way too aggressive. I think it's way too aggressive. I think I think Kirk Cousins is a much better quarterback. But this year, this year, I think Carson Wentz have a better season than Kirk Cousins. I disagree. I don't think Carson Wentz. Kirk, Kirk Cousins think... lost Deshaun Jackson, lost Pierre Garcon. Jordan Reed is hurt all the time. I don't think I don't think Kirk, uh, Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a Jay Cutler esque career, which is nothing to be upset about. You could do that if you could be a league average quarterback. That sounds so negative to but if you the think about current it, landscape. There's, though. there's 30 people in the world that have starting quarterback uh, in the NFL. Like this, he's it, been one of them for a long time. Yeah, and you, you, if you could be league average, that means you're better than 99.9999% of the world at what you do. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good point. I think Carson Wentz is better than that. I think he can, he can, and I think he will be a better quarterback than Dak this year. I think so too. I think Dak's a really bad quarterback. And I, I, don't even, I don't even think I, he's good. I totally disagree with you because I think he's very good at important things like reading, staying in control, making smart decisions. I think he's very it's good really at those things. It's really easy to do that when you have an hour and a half because everyone's worried about Zeke. He may also have an hour and a half this year, though. Uh, they have a no, really good O line. They, they lost somebody on the O line. But they still no, are you're projected right. to have a top five O line in the league. Yeah. But and I they still have Darren McFadden and Alvin Morris. I'm not really worried about those two. Okay. They are both thousand yard rushers. Right. They're, they're like I am very confident that in the first six games, if those two stay healthy, they will hardly miss Zeke. Uh, they won't stay healthy though. Neither of them. Their entire career. They, Darren McFadden did it once with, uh, with behind that. Actually, you still got hurt that year. No, he just didn't play the first couple games. Okay. He just wasn't the guy. Yeah. The, the, you. You. Those two people of all people are going. They're going to get hurt. But I. I think if you know. I think if you and I. If I played running back and you played quarterback, I, I mean, think no, that's just ridiculous. I know you're being I'm, like, I'm being sarcastic. Or, you're exaggerating, <laughs> but like you can't say that because Dak makes plays sometimes that are extremely smart and beyond his years. He was a rookie who was not supposed to be a starter yeah, by he's, any he's, means he's, last he's year. He's thinking and dunking his entire his entire season. Was but it's and not dunking. about the thinking and dunking. It's about when he rolls out and throws the ball away. It's about when he on third and six is able to scramble. And and you don't use Des Bryant the entire year when Cole uh, uh, Beasley is your is your best wide receiver. You're not making smart plays when Des Bryant is not your number one receiver. He didn't have Des Bryant in the first half of the year. When he had Des Bryant, he wasn't being used. He picked up a lot in the second half of the year, actually. He didn't have as much as Cole Beasley. Which that's is, true, but that's just that, Cole Beasley that, fits no, that role no, that, no, of the NFL no, right no, now. If you, if you can't utilize... And I think Dez, Dez is so overrated anyway. I think he's overrated. Cole Beasley's not a... He's not like a good wide receiver. Like, he, he fit that mold. He's a fantasy wide receiver, like you were saying before. He catches a lot of quick passes that get first downs, but he's not a guy you could, you could rely on in the red zone for a big play or anything like that. He just catches first down passes because they're all... Third and three because uh, 
because Zeke goes for eight to seven yards in the first two plays. That's fair. I mean, it's a good point. I think it's interesting. I think the NFC East, as usual, is like a crapshoot. And every single year, just this is just like my personal like giant fanhood paranoia coming out. Any year where ex- experts, quote unquote, experts say, "Oh, the Giants look great. They should feel comfortable winning this division." I actually, most people are picking them. That's exactly when I say, "Well, looks like it's going to be a down year for the Giants." Also, but another thing with the Cowboys, they had we all have obviously in the division, they all have similar schedules. Cowboys play all the all the different games that we you know, like three or four different games that nobody in the division plays against. The Cowboys had the easiest schedule of all of us. They played everyone at the right time. Their defense, which was not good last you year. You said the Cowboys had the easiest schedule? Last year. Oh, I was just saying last year, yes. Out of, the, out of the division. Yes. Um, but uh, but and they, um, their entire secondary are draft picks. Like they, they don't have anybody who's played a game in the NFL in their entire secondary. And they have a very hard schedule this year. Yeah, I don't think the Cowboys are a good team. So give me, I, I, give me a quick 1, 2, 3, 4 for the NFC East. Cowboys, 6 and 10. Giants... Eleven and five, Ooh. same as last year. Um, Eagles, nine and seven, and the uh, I, don't, I don't think these numbers actually work out. For the yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and then the skins. Eight, That's eight, why eight. I just asked for a one, two, three, four. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins. Right? I don't know. I'll probably change that. Nah, Eagles. It's gonna be between the Eagles and the Giants for. for I'm gonna for say that. Place. But whatever. We'll move on. That's good. Good stuff on uh, the NFC East. Football's Giants back, a little boys. Bit. Football is here. The Jets actually played a preseason game. That was cool. <laughs> so the Giants. Geno <laughs> well, uh, Smith was playing for us. So. But all right, we have uh, two more things to talk about here. The first thing I want to talk about is some NBA 2K ratings because it's fun and we love 2K. Do Who it. doesn't love NBA 2K? That game is fantastic. And though I downloaded the NBA Live demo just to see what it's all about this year, I'm still a 2K guy. And there's some 2K ratings out, so I want to throw some at you, and I want you to tell me if you think it's good, bad, indifferent, yada, yada, yada. Okay. All right? Over, under, push. Yeah. Over, under, push. Okay. If you will. Or, like, overrated, underrated. Is that what you We're mean? not right, we're still. We're not yeah. doing this thing. That's true. Okay. Let's start off with this one. Let's go with... I like, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna pair two sometimes. I'm going to give you two guys. Who's the better player? And, like, compare their ratings relative to each other. So I want to go here first. Steph Curry is a 94. Kyrie Irving is a 90. How does it make you feel? I think those are accurate. Those are, they'll give those a push? That's not, yeah, that's not going to get me riled up. That's not going to get you riled not up. Me, I think Steph might be a little bit less than a 94 just because his defense leaves, leaves things to be desired. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think he's better than Kyrie on defense, but... I agree, but I, Kyrie's also lower oh, in He's points. bad on defense. Yeah, but he's lower in points. He's yeah. not a 94. Yeah, yeah. When you're in the 90s, each point is huge. Huge. Yeah. Because, like, you know... Steph Curry's 94, Kevin Durant's a 96. I'd, so, I'd say close. I'm a little conservative with ratings. I'd say Kyrie's more of an 89 and Steph's more of a 91. I would put Kyrie right in the 87, 88 range as well. Yeah. I think that's a little aggressive because you know what? Think about them not on the Think about them not on the teams. And, and an 88's really good. You, you could say so. this because it's 2K and you're going to force trades anyway. Right. So think about those people on a different team and how they would actually play if they weren't on those teams. They're going to go under on points. But it does make me happy, though, that Steph is higher rated than Kyrie. I think he's a better player. Simple as that. Fair. All right, cool. Let's move on. Let's go into the world of ex-Nick greats. Derrick Rose is a 78. How does that make you feel? I'm going to say under. Under? Yeah. I, 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 he had 18 points in the game last year, four rebounds, four assists. I, that's got to be an 81. Today. Whoa, I love it. He was like an 81 all, all year last year, too. He was. And if Injuries don't factor into their rating. So you got, if you if you take that out, it's just pure skill and what they could do in the game, I'm going to say he's underrated. I hear what you're saying, and just like you said, the guy's on their team. Yeah. If he's on the Cavs, Better play than he, was he might be playing at the 80 range. You yeah. know? All right, that's fair. Let's uh, keep it in the Nick family, and I have one here that uh, might, I think, bother you a little bit. Okay. Joel Embiid is an 86. And Kristaps Porzingis is an 86. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis, who has two years under his belt. Yes. Play, you know, played full seasons. That guy. That guy. Correct. Who's, who's shown that he has a very versatile game over a long period of time. That guy. And they have their same rating, is what you're telling me. So Joel Embiid, who's played, what, 23 games in the past two 32. years? 32. 32 games in the past two years, has the same rating 
As Chris Asper. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So how does it make you feel? Obviously, it doesn't make me feel happy. Well, do you realize that Joel Embiid is an absolute savage on the court? Yeah, when he plays. Yes. I used to watch him, you know, back when he was in college. Did you not just <laughs> say that it's about what they do on the court? He hasn't done anything on the court. He, he absolutely He played has. 32 games. And he was fantastic. Jeremy Lin played 32 games of really good basketball. He was, He's not an 86. He didn't, he didn't play 32 Whatever. games. Whatever. He don't played like 16, maybe. And that's a big difference. It's not that. It's not a big difference. It's not a big difference. Joel Embiid. There's hot streaks. There's hot streaks in the M- in the NBA. But this is the difference. This is the, there's a definitely a difference because Jeremy Lin wasn't expected to that. Well, how did you do you last year? You don't go from a 68. How did you do last year? Very good actually. So you think you think a young player who loses a year of development and then another three uh, about three quarters of a year the next year that doesn't make your development go down? So no. if he's a rookie. Any two K player that comes in the rookie class is never an eighty. Uh, is never an eighty higher than an eighty, right? So he's coming in and having been injured for a year and a half, losing a year and a half of development, went up six points. Bullshit. He was so fantastic last year. He was. He was. He was electric. Great to watch. This is the difference, though. That week and a half. Joel Embiid was projected to be very good when he right. played, and then he never played. So Jeremy Lin was not expecting that. He's not going to go from a sixty-eight rating. To an 88. Joel Embiid went from an 80 to an 86. It makes complete sense. The guy shoots threes. He rebounds. He averages over two blocks a game. Kristaps earned every point on that 86. Joel Embiid got handed to him. Hand out. Hate it. You're salty as hell. I'm very salty. It really infuriates me. <laughs> he, he gets a, Joel Embiid gets a, game, a point for every game he missed so far. And then some. He missed a lot. He missed way more than that. Yeah, he sure did. He <laughs> yeah. sure did, actually. He's missed like a hundred games. Yeah. Damn. He does. I thought that's. I think that's pretty fair because I think where say Embiid lacks in quickness, Kristaps has it. But where Kristaps lacks in strength, Embiid has it. They can both shoot. They can both yam on people. They both block shots. Like, no, you don't think they're pretty comparable? I I think it's hard to say because he hasn't played any games. Oh wow. Well. All right. See how you feel about this one. Okay, last but not least, we got two rookies, because you just mentioned that rookies very rarely get higher than 80. We have two rookies, though, this year, sitting at 80. Lonzo Ball and Marco Fultz, both in 80 overall. Push? I think I think there's rookie hype, as there is every year in the, in the NBA. Absolutely. I bet you their potentials are in A, too. This, uh, I, we were talking about this the other day, about, like... Every year, the next the, the, the number one overall pick, this is the next LeBron James. This is the next game changer for the NBA. They said it with Andrew Wiggins. You know, they, they say it all the time. And it just it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like they could be really good players. Andrew Wiggins is a good player. Really solid. Probably going to be an all-star for a while in the NBA. They're not the next game changer. not the next Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Chamberlain, anything like that. I think that's what's going on here with the, with the rookies. I don't think I think Lonzo Ball will be a really good point guard. He's gonna be super fun. Yeah, Marco Fultz gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, the Sixers are gonna be fun when MB plays. Uh, have we ever done, <laughs> have we ever done this on the pod where we do like an over, like we'll set an over under for how many games the starting five of the Sixers will play together? Ah, uh, we, we could over under five. Push. It's probably about five. Under. <laughs> under. Damn, cold world. All right, well, that's enough on 2K. One of them's going out for the entire season. 2K is super fun, and I can't wait for 2K team to come out. Can't wait. I'll give like a one-line synopsis on my NBA Live demo so far because uh, I don't want to spend that much time. We're already hitting up an hour soon. So basically, I downloaded the demo. Kind of cool graphics. Um, they're working hard on their storyline. I really can tell that NBA Live is trying to compete with 2K for the first time in a decade. They're just not there yet. Uh, but look on sportsblognewyork.com. One of our writers actually did a uh, review of the demo. Uh, he's actually a guy who backs NBA Live. He said last year's was better than 2K. Can you believe that? 2K stays the king. It's so much better. It's not even close. I played for maybe 40 minutes today, and the, the movement's just weird. I know I probably have to, would have to get used to it. It's just not that fluid. 2K greater than forever. NBA 2K. True. Awesome. True. That's awesome. All right, last thing but not least. Names on the back of the jerseys, nicknames, MLB <laughs> nickname jerseys. How do you feel? I like the fan. How do you feel? I, I'm not like a like I'm not a tradition jerk like with a lot of baseball, especially Yankee fans. Give it. Um, I, I think it's cool. I think that the power should not be in the hands of the people of the players because they came up with the worst nicknames in the world. Like they came up, they put up inside jokes. 
Like, <laughs> for all of their things. Yeah, but we, they, come on. What if, if you were an MLB player, you would completely put up something so strange on your own? I phone. wouldn't put up my last name. Like, Ooh. Gardner. I, I was saying this to Pete before. We, we were just briefing through this before. Gar- Brett Gardner, on his back of his name for his nickname, wrote Gardner. And it, it's such a Brett Gardner move. As a Yankee fan, you're just kind of used to this. And Pete goes, yeah, well, he said he never had his name on his jersey before he wanted to do this. And Brett Gardner said this exact same thing before he went to the All-Star game and got his uh, name on his jersey. He's what a fraud. fraud. He's a fraud. <laughs> He's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> so is Greg Bird. Greg Bird's doing that as well. But he hasn't. He never did it. Greg Bird's not going to play. So. True. That's also true. <laughs> um, Any ones that you specifically like? Uh, I don't like that Aaron Judges is all rise. That's not a nickname. Yeah. That's just a phrase people say. I do enjoy that Aaron Hicks is A.A. Ron. I like that. I'm a big fan of pickles, like I mentioned before. I, if it was up to Joe Girardi, it would just be everything E at the end of it. Like, it would just be Gardy, Ellsbury, uh, Judgey, <laughs> Dee Dee. Ellsbury. Dee Dee. Um, I, I, I love that Sonny Gray is... Just straight pickles. bizarre. Apparently it has nothing to do with his Oakland A's thing, because he's yeah. on A's when he did it. But the fact that it's going to say pickles on his jersey makes me so happy. <laughs> it makes me like Sonny Gray so much more, and I don't know why. I don't know why. <coughs> I saw a couple of joke things with the Mets jerseys, and it was like, old man, injured, disabled list. And you can't tell who's who. Yeah. Unless I mean, <laughs> you know their numbers, yeah. like, you couldn't tell. And then it was like, oh, wait. Conforto's was like actually decent or something like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I don't want to say it's messed up, but Ellsbury's name is Chief on there. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I like that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, and with that, <laughs> I think we're done today, right? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh, we'll say this one. Last but not least, kind of a strange move, but one that got some eye. Corey's brother. You heard of that? No. Kyle Seeger. Oh, it's really? going to say Corey's brother on his back. And Kyle's the older one, too, right? I, I don't know. I think so. I think Kyle's the older one. It's really tough to tell now. They're both really good players. Yeah, that's true. How about the Dodgers? I, I, was, telling, I was saying this on the, on the podcast when we first started out this year. That the Dodgers were like the old man team with a couple of young young bucks on there, they, they just completely transitioned to having all the young all stars and just know. absolutely fantastic, unreal. They're so fantastic. The oh. Rockies are still good though. You call them Rockies? Are, I think Rockies are going to go to the World Series. Still. Whoa! Do- Dodgers and the Nationals are still the Dodgers and the Nationals, and they're going to go down in the first round. Yeah, Cub- Cubby's looking better. Cardinals looking better. MLB season starting to heat up finally. I know you're into it all year long. I kind of am not, but maybe <laughs> I'm going to get into it for the past couple of months. Uh, NFL season around the block. NBA season also not that far away. Always storylines coming out of there. We'll keep in touch with some Knicks stuff. Maybe Mel will get traded one of these days. Maybe he won't. I don't know. <laughs> He's going to Portland. Book it. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this fun podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, and Google Play. Look up sportsblognewyorkpodcast.com. Oh, that's not right. Look up sportsblognewyorkpodcast or go to sportsblognewyorkpodcast.com. I don't even know what I'm saying. At this point, just figure it out on your own. <laughs> you just, if, you, if you made it this far, you know how to find us. So hopefully you enjoyed. My name is Pete Kennedy. Alec Argento. As always. Have a crappy Monday and hopefully a little bit better, <laughs> a little bit better of a week. <laughs> Good day.